Hello and welcome to Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive for Behavioral Health at Providence in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work to Be Well. Joining me for today's podcast on college acceptance and rejections are two recent high school graduates, congratulations, um, who are senior NSAC members from the class of 2023 who are here to bear it all and talk about some really, really hard things today. So this is going to be a great conversation because a lot of times these are things we don't actually talk about. But first, as a reminder, the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. I want to get us started by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and what prompted you to want to share this stuff with us today? I'll go first. Um, I'm Emily, and I'm from Sherwood, Oregon. And this year, obviously, I applied to colleges, got acceptances and a few rejections. But um, this topic's really important to me because while I didn't really struggle with the rejection part as much, a lot of my friends did. And so learning how to support them through that process was really hard. Um, and so I want to share that like knowledge I got with other people. Hi, my name is Melissa Shafi, and I am a senior at Bellevue High School in Bellevue, Washington. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic because it's um, something that a lot of my peers and myself have went through. And there's a lot of highs and lows. And I think that it's important to discuss both, especially for a lot of juniors right now who are likely anxious about the whole thing. Um, so I'm hoping that this will kind of ease the burden on them a little bit. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, I have a couple of kids in college. And I know that I've got some perspectives from watching their experiences and, and some of their friends. And it's, it is rough figuring out where you want to go to college and what you want to do post high school. Uh, that's a really tough process. And for some people, um, it can be super overwhelming, can even be something that causes them to freeze up and maybe not want to make a decision at all. How did you both approach that process and how did you really think about about where you wanted to apply to college? I think for me, um, it was definitely something that I struggled with a lot of times, like when I was applying to like reach schools. So that would be schools with like a lower acceptance rate. I definitely um, let a lot of my insecurities get the best of me. And I kind of stressed up and I um, was not able to really think rationally about it. Like because of that, I didn't apply to that many reach schools because I was like, oh, I'm not going to get in. There's no point. But honestly, I think that like it's important to let that stress kind of like be behind you and still put yourself up for the challenge, because while it is difficult to apply for more competitive schools, it could be worth it in the end. So um, even though it is definitely nerve wracking and definitely brought myself a lot of stress because I was constantly wondering like, oh, like I'm not good enough. I'm not going to get in. I think it's important to still let yourself do it and like take the risk, even though it is something that might be a little bit stressful. Yeah, I'm the same way that Melissa is. I didn't apply to that many REACH schools. I only applied to like two, actually, and I got into one that I wanted. So definitely apply. <laughs> don't, let, don't let anything stop you from applying because you never know what's going to happen. But also, um, as a first-gen student, so like the first in my family to go to college, it was hard to like, I guess, figure out where I wanted to go and like what schools I actually wanted to apply to. Because in Oregon, it's all about like U of O and Oregon State. So I was like, okay, definitely those two, but I don't know what else. <laughs> so just researching all the schools and like doing tours and stuff was definitely overwhelming. So 
yeah, I think that was the part that I struggled with the most. And then all the financial aid stuff too was definitely a struggle. So when you think about that process of where you decided to go, um, and I, I'm curious, I know, um, I know Emily, where you're headed to, but I'm curious, where did you, for our listeners, where did you decide to go? And why did you decide to go to the place you decided to go to? What was it about that college that made it the right place for you? So for me, I was like really torn between two schools. Um, I got into my dream school, obviously, but another school that I got into gave me like really, really good financial aid as well. Um, so it was like really hard to like, I don't know which one to choose because the school I'm going to USC also gave me good financial aid, but not as quite as good as the other one. Um, so I was really torn, but I ended up choosing USC um, because once I took the tour, I kind of knew like, yeah, this is the place for me, like all the amenities in the dorms, like the first generation living learning community really, um, I guess, was really interesting to me. And then I'm doing biology and they have a really good biology program there. So that was really important to me as well. And I also have family in Southern California. So like it wasn't too bad in terms of like homesickness wise. Um, so yeah, I think that's what really helped me choose my school. And then also when I flew into LAX, I had all these weird experiences with like USC alumni. Like I lost my luggage and the only reason why I found it was because I had a USC tag on it. So like just something like that, like really helped me choose, even though it's not really like, I guess a logistical thing. It was just like, I don't know, a calling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool to hear about that. Um, I think for me, so I'm going to be attending um, the University of Washington, Seattle in the fall. And um, I think I was pretty set on that school for various reasons. Um, first, I live in Washington. So I was able to get in-state tuition, which for my family, like that was really something that was like important to us. Um, and then I think for a lot of other reasons too, I was really familiar with the area and I think because I still wanted to be somewhere that I was comfortable in. Um, so I think it was important for me to still stay in Washington, at least for now. I think for a lot of students, like they want to leave. But I think for me and I think for a lot of people, it's better for them to stay depending on where they're at in life. And that's just where I was at. You know, that's a really, really good point. And, and I, I, you know, it matters. Different things matter for different people and different things make the college, um, you know, your dream college, everybody's got a different dream college. Um, my son goes to Oregon State University, so he's a beaver. And uh, it was interesting to watch him all through high school. He was going to go to the University of Oregon. And in Oregon, you are either, you know, you're either a duck or a beaver. It's really hard to be both. We call those platypuses. And he decided at the end of it to go to OSU because they had more of what it was that he was looking for. Uh, what he wanted to study was was really better at OSU. So he gave up this lifelong dream of going to U of O in a fairly rapid fashion and has really loved his time at Oregon State. So it's interesting to see how people choose where they go to college. At the same time, it's also really scary, like you were talking about with the REACH schools, um, to put yourself out there and maybe get rejected. I think that's part of what makes this so stressful, but I also think the whole process can be stressful. Um, what kind of things did you learn about the process that maybe would make it less stressful for students coming in after you? I think one of the things that I um, took away, like one of my biggest takeaways, was that at the end of the day, a lot of the essays that you're going to write for a lot of your schools are going to be pretty similar. So 
um, I think for a lot of people, especially those who are applying to like 20 plus schools, it's really daunting because you think you're going to have to write like over like 100 essays. But luckily, it's not really like that because a lot of the essays for schools tend to like be similar. So it's pretty nice to, you know, overlap them, overlap them and everything. Um, and I think something that I would like definitely advise for a lot of people is to make sure that all your essays and basically every part of your college application like show a different side of you. Um, like, for example, one of your essays can show like, you know, your love for music and another one of your essays can show like the culture that you come from. So make sure that you're not like a one trick pony and like write about the same thing every time. Like make sure it's diverse to really show colleges like who you are at your core. What I was going to say is um, kind of what Zoe put in the comments, but I was really scared as a first gen student. Like I did not know what Common App was. I didn't know what like FAFSA was. I was so confused about all these different websites I would have to use to like get into college and like, how do I check everything? How do I know if I got in? It was so confusing. And so um, I also, I like came really close to one of the teachers at my school. She's actually like a tutor teacher. So she helps like kids who are struggling in school and gets them up on our feet. And she understands the college admission process really well from a first gen perspective. And so getting advice from her, like she gave me the confidence to apply to USC in the first place how to do FAFSA and like get the most money I could possible from Pell Grants and then also like what local scholarships to apply to and I ended up winning like most of the scholarships I applied for locally because of her like she wrote me recommendations and stuff like that so like having that one person besides your parents to help you and read your essays and help you apply for those things is really really important and it gives you that support system as well. You know Emily that's really great advice having a you know, an unrelated trusted adult, because I know parents can be, uh, well, I think my, my kids at one point called me a hover mother, uh, because I was just always asking the questions of, well, did you do this? And did you get this in? And did you do that? And did you do the other thing? And, and I think about in the work that I do with work to be, well, I would never do that, but it's a whole different thing when it's your kid. And so it's the, it's kind of the way of having somebody who's not one of your parents, who's somebody else who can be that piece of advice that makes it easier for you to hear. But I think you've got the extra additional challenge of you're a first gen college student. So you didn't have a set of parents who knew all of the things of what to do. Uh, and that I think was a really great, smart piece of advice. Um, how else do you think families can support seniors during the college application process what things can they do that would actually be helpful i think for me like especially for like fafsa and stuff like if you your kid asks you to like help them with it like please help them because it's really really hard to apply for those things but you don't understand tax things and all of that logistical stuff and then also like i don't know like when college like i know when the usc like um results came in that day my dad was really supportive of me and like he didn't really put the pressure on or anything. And then when I actually got in, he was like really, really excited. But he didn't pressure me or anything. He didn't try to bring it up that much. And it was really helpful because it really made the stress go away for me and made it feel like, I guess, um, I don't know, less stressful. Yeah. Yeah, I think piggybacking off of that, I think something that my parents said I was really grateful for was that they didn't really pressure me like too, too much. And they really made, made sure to celebrate all of, like, the wins with me, whether they were big or small. Like, for example, anytime I, like, uh, got accepted into a safety school, they still 
like express that they were proud of me and like glad about that. Um, and I think that made me feel a lot better because I think what a lot of people tend to forget during the college process is that just getting into college itself is such a huge accomplishment and it's really worth celebrating no matter where you get into. So I think it was nice that my family and I like took the time to like celebrate that because it's something that we tend to forget because a lot of times at schools, you know, you're just kind of trying to see, oh, who gets into like the most competitive school and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, getting into college is such a huge accomplishment and it really is something that should mean a lot to you. So just celebrating all the wins whenever you have them really does make the whole process a lot better. You know, that's a really great piece of advice in there because it, it, getting into college itself is a big, huge deal. And did you tend to feel, I mean, the first time you got a college acceptance letter, um, did that shift your mental health? Did, did things, did you feel less stressed? Um, how did that, how did that really feel, whether it was your, your dream school or not? I know that my first one was U of O. And I was actually like planning on going there. Like when I was first applying, I was like, yeah, U of O, I'll probably go there. It's close. You know, they have stuff I like there. And so all my friends got their acceptances before me. So I was like kind of worried. I was like, wait definitely not get in um and so I was really worried for a while and then I got it and I was like okay this is good I got in you know like I'm happy I really like the school so like even if I don't get into any other schools that'll be okay so that first acceptance is really like you really remember it because it really I guess helps you prepare for the next round of acceptances or rejections and it just really boosts your confidence as well yeah yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, I think while applying to colleges, there was this little stress in the back of my mind that was like, so what if I like don't get in anywhere? Like, what if I'm doing all this work and I get no acceptances? Like, that would, you know, hurt a lot. Um, so I think definitely getting that first acceptance did remove that burden a lot. And it kind of solidified to me that like, okay, like I work hard and it's finally paying off. So it was really nice to like see your results like right in front of your eyes and to know that all like the work that you put into in like the past four years has been worth it at the end. So really the first acceptance um, does change a lot. And um, I think future acceptances too, just further reaffirm that. And I think that's the, probably the nicest effective acceptances like mental health wise. So let's talk about the tough stuff, rejections. Um, how, you know, I, you both mentioned that you had peers who got rejections. I imagine maybe you didn't get into a hundred percent of your schools, but what happens, you know, how do you deal with a college rejection? Or uh, my other one that I hear a lot about, the dreaded wait list. I think, honestly, I'm sort of like a, a unique person to like ask this question because the school that I like, you know, really wanted to go to and that I was set on UW was one that I like, fortunately, and I'm really grateful for, like got into. So when I was rejected from other schools that may have been like more competitive, I personally was not like affected too much, but for some of my other peers who did get rejections from schools that they like really wanted to go to, um, it was definitely hard at first. And I think that like, it's important to take the time to process it um, and, you know, let yourself like think about it because at the end of the day, you're not going to move on from something if you don't address it and think about it. Um, but I think like above all, it's most important to remember that and as tough as, as it is to like understand a college rejection is not make or break. It does not mean anything. It does not like really show your value as a student because every student, every student that's applying to college, like they are so smart and so hardworking. So a rejection really does not take away from that. And I think it is hard to digest that and understand that at first, but 
it's important to just kind of have that mindset. And really, it's also important to like go into the college application process with that mindset. If you put a lot of weight onto like schools and like rejections, then that's going to hurt you more. But if you go into it and remind yourself that a rejection doesn't like uh, mean and determine your value as a student, then that's going to make it um, a lot easier too. Yeah, I agree with what Melissa said as well. Um, funny, funnily enough, my one rejection was from UCLA. So go Trojans. But um, for the waitlist aspect, I wasn't waitlisted at any schools. But for my friends that were waitlisted, I know I talked about this in another episode, but I kind of called it like you're in the shopping cart. Like you only have this, like colleges only have, you remember this, Dr. Robin. But um, schools only like they're shopping around, they're looking at students and they can only put so many items in their shopping list. So they put you in the save for later pile or the buy later pile. So like you're in the buy later pile, pile, like they want you, they just might not have enough space or enough money to get you. So that should honestly be a confidence booster because they thought that they fit, you fit with their style and you're still on that list. There's still a possibility. So don't let yourself get down about a wait list as well. And don't let it stop you from, I guess, thinking about other schools. Cause I know a lot of my friends got really like, um, they got really down about the waitlist and they were so not sure about where they were going to go. And so don't let it stop you from making a decision earlier as well. Yeah, I love the shopping cart analogy because it's like, yeah, yep, we can only have this many items. Um, I just don't want to be put on layaway. You know, that would be kind of weird. <laughs> but I do, I do appreciate the shopping cart because a lot of times it's not about you. It is about they want to, they want to have all the students that they can have and they run out. I know this year um, for incoming freshmen, there's such a uh, large number of incoming freshmen at Oregon State University that they don't have dorm rooms for anybody. Um, they've got the freshmen covered, but there are sophomores who aren't going to have dorm rooms and who are going to have to look at living out. So it's quite the uh, housing crush. I guess it's time to come back to school and for people to really get involved again which is super exciting, but it can also be super stressful. So as you think about going off to college, what what do you worry about? What's the thing that rolls around in your head that you're most concerned about these days? Um, for me, I'm really worried about making a lot of friends. I mean, I've already made friends through social media, but I haven't really met them in person. So like, I'm worried about if there's not that click at all, if I can't find like a little group of friends, because as much as I'm kind of introverted, I really need my people as well. Um, and I'm also worried about like the rigor of my classes because um, I come from like the town I live in Sherwood's pretty small. We have a big high school, but it's still a very small town feel. And so a lot of those classes aren't too difficult. So I'm worried about like how difficult USC is going to be because I just got my like suggested schedule back and they want me to take like intro to bio, chem and calculus in the same semester. And I was like, oh, that's a lot. So I'm worried about the rigor probably the most yeah yeah that was super well said Emily and honestly really relatable um I was just talking about this with my friend like literally today and we were both talking about how we're kind of stressed for the first like couple weeks of school because that's like the most important time to socialize and that's sort of when like you start to meet new people and find your people at your school and it as nice as it is as it is and as important as you know kind of make sure I put myself out there and all that it is also kind of stressful because 
um, it feels like I have a pressure and that I am being pressured to really maximize those first few weeks to make all the friends that I can while still being able to keep up with my classes. Like it just sounds like a lot. And I think that's what I'm a little bit worried for because I'm someone that does have a bit of a social battery and I like to socialize and I do like to meet new people, but it can get a little bit much sometimes. So I'm kind of scared about um, how that's going to affect me. Um, but I think what's nice is that because um, I know a lot of my close friends are going to the University of Washington, it's nice that I'll have them to support me. So whenever I feel like I need like a break from meeting all these new people, I kind of have them to lean on, which I'm really excited about. So it's going to be nice to have like a mix of like people that I know and love already and people that I don't know, but maybe I will grow to love. That's awesome. You know, what are your plans when you think about like, for instance, the plans for getting friends? I know, um, like I said, I've got a I've got a kid at Oregon State University. He joined a fraternity, which remarkably was a great way to meet people, great way to have friends, but that's not necessarily for everybody. What are your plans to figure out how you're gonna meet new people when you get there? I think for me, like clubs obviously is a great way to meet people as well. And then if you want to join like a living learning community, like I'm doing the first gen one, you can really meet people that are like come from the same circumstances as you or have the same experiences. Um, and I know like it's hard in college to like make friends in your classes as well. But um, you kind of just have to be the first person to reach out. Like you kind of have to get out of your comfort zone and talk to people because a lot of times people won't talk to you first because they're scared. So I think even though it's hard, like keeping that in mind as well is really helpful because even if like you don't end up being friends with them, like at least you tried and you know more people on campus, more familiar faces. And so, yeah, I think that's really helpful. I think that's what I'll do in the fall, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that was super well said. Um, I think for me, I definitely am going to try to uh, make friends with a lot of people in my classes. Um, I have some friends that go to like UW right now and they have a really like tight, uh, close-knit circle of friends that they all met from like their mutual classes. So I think that might be a good little pillar to starting friendships. Um, I think one way I may do that, or at least will attempt to do that, is by probably going to like professors' office hours and all that, because it will be a good way to meet other students who are you know really interested in the class and sort of form a friend group and also like a study circle with them, which I think will be helpful in a lot of different ways. Um, so that's one way that I'm kind of planning. Um, and also, I think with a lot of colleges, there's a lot of like social spots, like coffee shops, cafes, things like that. So I'm excited to kind of go there, um, meet new people. Maybe I'll go there to like meet a friend and then we'll end up like socializing and talking to new people. Uh, I think there's a lot of like avenues to make friendships. And I think that's what's sort of relieving because it doesn't feel like there's like no way to make friends. There definitely are a good amount of ways. So I think I'm excited about that. Those sound like good plans. I'm, I'm also curious. Um... Do either of you plan to get involved with the mental health advocacy communities at your college? Um, for me, I kind of talked about this in the last podcast, but USC has a lot of opportunities and clubs. Um, and there's definitely a lot of mental health ones as well. So I think I'm really going to try to prioritize those as well, because like unlike other clubs, I feel like mental health clubs, like not only can you help other people, but it's really like it helps you as well. Like if you join like a calculus club, it might not be great. <laughs> like, I guess, mentally as well, if like you're trying to be competitive or I don't know, but mental health club, it's like really like a community, like work to be well is. So I think prioritizing those clubs is, I'm going to try to do that and make time in my schedule. So, Dr. Alvin, I love that question because that is like definitely what I plan to do in college and I'm really excited about it. Um, I plan to be a psychology major at my school with like the aim of um, 
potentially going into clinical psych. So definitely joining a lot of those uh, like mental health advocacy clubs will be a great way to further like deepen my interest in psychology while also being able to also like address my passion of um, supporting and spreading mental health resources for the student body. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of high school, like extracurricular wise, was was like joining things like Work to Be Well and other like mental health advocacy groups because it's like exactly what I want to do in life. So it was really cool to like apply my interests in a like real world, like tangible way. So I'm really excited to continue that and also meet a lot of like like minded students because like at my school right now, there's not like that many students that love psychology. So I'm excited to. Um, meet a lot of more like like-minded students in my classes and become friends with them and we can like go through our future plans together. Well, you know, I'm always going to endorse people joining the mental health profession. Uh, I have spent my entire career in the mental health profession and I can definitely say it's very, very worthwhile and you get to do a lot of very different things like host talk to be well. Who knew I would be doing that when I went to undergraduate and got my degree in psychology years and years ago, but it's a cool thing to do. And I love that. And I love that you're going to um, both pursue that and take the lessons of work to be well with you um, as you go forward in life and, and make those connections. So as we begin to wrap up, I want to lean in a little bit and see, you know, you have this opportunity to speak to people who are just walking into their senior year and they've got college applications and all the other things in front of them. What is the one thing, you know, what are some things, it doesn't have to be one thing, it could be many things, that you wish you'd known or that you wish you'd done walking into your senior year? Um, for me, I wish I started, like, the whole process earlier. Um, as a first-gen student, I didn't really know when things opened up or when deadlines really were, and so it came really fast for me, and I had to balance that with my classes. And so I know a lot of colleges are already, already opening up their, like, application questions like right now so like you can't apply but you can look at the questions and start preparing I know that FAFSA opens up on like October 1st or the 10th something like that so it's definitely early on in the year definitely a lot earlier than you expect and to ask for those recommendations early and then also I feel like once you do get those acceptances or those wins during the process it can kind of feel weird to want to share those with people especially if they're dealing with rejections but don't feel scared to share your wins because you definitely deserve them and you should definitely be proud of yourself whenever you get those wins as well. Okay, I'm going to say two things. I'll say one that's a little more like mental health oriented and another one that's a little more like practical. But um, for the mental health one, I think like when I was coming to senior year, I had this perception that it was going to be like impossible to do college apps, do senior classes while still like maintaining um, uh, somewhat of a social life. Like I just, it was all really daunting to me and I just thought it was impossible. Um, but I'm here to tell you now that it really is possible and that you can do it. And I think it was kind of hard to digest at first because it is a lot and it is overwhelming, but you are gonna make it through. There is gonna be a finish line and you are gonna reach it and you're gonna graduate. Uh, it's kind of sentimental right now because my friend and I are like decorating our grad caps today. So it's all kind of like, you know, being taken in right now. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely one thing I would say to um, juniors right now that it is possible and you will make it. And when you make it, you will be so, so proud of yourself and it will be really gratifying. Um, and then my other advice is just make sure not to take like an excessive course load during senior year because there is nothing worse than like 
doing all your college apps, you know, doing everything, and then also still having like a bunch of assignments to do. So definitely um, line up your load a little bit. Keep in mind that you are going to have quite a bit to do and just make it as manageable for yourself as possible. Because again, your mental well-being is super important during this time. So it's important to do things that can make it as easy as it can be for yourself. That is such great advice. Take it easy on yourself because it is a lot and there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, take advantage of all the cool things that happen, all the traditions that your school does. What was, I, I do have one more follow-up question. Knowing that you're just coming out of your senior year, what was your favorite tradition as a, as a high school senior? What was your favorite tradition? I think for me, every year at my school is something called Bowman Pageant. Our um, school mascot is a, like a bowman, a guy with a bow and arrow. So it's called Bowman Pageant. But um, every year we raise money for Dorn Becker's Children's Hospital in Portland, Oregon. And so we're all in these different little teams. Like it's about 10 seniors that do it. Um, so it's like five teams. And um, we each compete to raise the most money. And it's really fun because we each have our separate colors. So like people will like choose sides and like stay with that color or like it's just a really fun time. At the end, we do a pageant where we do like a little talent. Like me and me and Peyton, who is also on the council, we did um, we performed the song from SpongeBob, um, Goofy Goober Rock, in SpongeBob onesies um, in front of like the whole school, which you know might be a little embarrassing, but it was really fun and people definitely remembered it as well. And so, and our school ended up raising forty six thousand dollars for Dornbecker, which was amazing. It's the most we've ever made. And so it was just really fun. Like, even though Peyton and I didn't win, um, SpongeBob wasn't enough, I guess. But um, it was really fun to be able to do that. And all the seniors together, just being able to do that and raise that much money for a good cause. It was just really fun. And I'm really excited to see what the seniors do next year with it. Okay, so my answer is going to be a little basic. And I apologize for that. But I think my favorite tradition and event would have to be prom. Um it was honestly really fun. It's one of the last times you're going to see the people of your class. And it's just a really fun night of dancing, you know, dressing up, taking pictures. Like, it's going to be fun. And I know there's a lot of, like, different perceptions about prom. But I think my biggest advice is to just go to prom. Like, even if you don't expect it to really be, be your thing, like, that's okay. There definitely is a lot of fun things about it. And, again, it's going to be one of the last times you'll see everyone. And that might not, like, sound like a lot. But once you graduate and once you realize that you might not see a lot of these people again, it is um something to cherish so yeah definitely prom is my favorite and I might be a little bit biased because I just love like dressing up and like you know putting on makeup doing all like the fancy stuff but it was fun for sure so I definitely would advise a lot of people to go well I think that's the best advice of all take every opportunity you can get and yes work to be well says go to prom it's good for your mental health I want to thank you both for joining me on talk to be well sharing your insights on how to navigate next steps after high school and your advice for those incoming seniors this year. If you are looking for support with your mental health or any other medical questions, please visit us at providence.org. And for parents, teachers, and students, check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work the number two, bewell.org. Emily and Melissa, I am so glad that you came here today to share your experiences. Work to Be Well wishes you the best of luck as you go off on your college adventure. And you're going to come back next year and join us for an alumni uh, event and tell us just how it all went. So thank you. Have a wonderful time and take care of your mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. This is Talk to Be Well. Be well, everybody.